1: Slang, sick and investing for fame. Hey, two for the fam, not for the gram. Stunning
0: investing for pain. Hey, I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. name. Sick like a wane, clicking a bang. Y'all gonna remember the name. Y'all gonna remember the name. Real talk with Zuby. Today I am talking to an artist, a beatboxer, the director of the BAC, that's the Battersea Art Center, Beatbox Academy. Mr. Conrad Murray, how you doing? Man? Yeah, good man. All good. Hey, we've got a quick
1: little demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, always making sounds like tourists. Awesome, man. So, where are you right now, bro? You in London? Hey, Mitchum, South, Southwest London. Uh, just uh, in my room. And we've got a studio session later today, recording some stuff. So, yeah, all good. Awesome, bro. So, Mitchum, is that home for you? Yeah, yeah, Mitchum, M town. Um, I've lived there for 20, well, over 20 years. So, yeah, that's so. Awesome, man. So,
0: why don't you introduce yourself to the people? And explain to people who it is that you are
1: and what it is that you do. Uh, I'm a theatre maker, um, a musician, writer, director, singer as well, and a rap as well. So I kind of but I use those skills to direct performance and create performance uh, in many different ways. And I lead the Batsy Arts Centre, Beatbox Academy, uh, where we've been going for 10 years. Beatbox group, music, vocal, spoken word group, and I also run... Um, co-run Beats and Elements which is a, a, a hip-hop performance company.
0: That's awesome man so you've got your hand in a lot of different musical and creative pies basically.
1: Yeah yeah like probably like everyone like you start off doing one thing so I start off wanting to sing and then I want, then I want to sing and rap and then you kind of got to branch out because the music game is, is a complicated. Like I, I had a, a publishing and a recording deal with Polydor many years ago Okay. Um, and at one point that was, that was going to be my main outlet but I like theatre as well. My, my manager at the time, he was also the manager of, or well, used to manage Wet, 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 this old group. Don't know if you okay,
0: yes, I have, yeah.
1: So he was quite a big deal, but he, I remember him saying to me like he didn't want me to go into a theatre and don't go into theatre or ruin your image. But I always oh, okay. had these other elements that I wanted to tie together. So, you know, was, this game was complicated. I think it's good to have your finger in many pies or just express yourself however you need, you need to do it. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's
0: part of the reason why I why I'm doing this podcast, because I'm interested in so many things, both within and outside of music directly. So I wanted another avenue to almost satisfy another part of my brain, but also to have honest, open, valuable conversations with people that hopefully listeners can take something positive away from, or even just some food for thought or entertainment or whatever that may be. And yeah, also to provide a platform for other people who are doing interesting stuff. There are so many creative people out there, so many entrepreneurs, people doing awesome and amazing stuff. Who many of which I follow, and I was like, you know what? It would be great to just have open, honest conversations with these people, and just see where just see where things go. And that platform, I didn't, I wasn't seeing that platform existing anywhere, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know,
1: why don't I just make it? No, that's good, man. Also, you got original. You got a kind of different perspective. I follow a lot of hip-hop pages and UK rap pages and you're a rapper but you also got I don't know quite a different worldview
0: I think I view things in a bit more of a a global perspective than most people do so not just getting one single viewpoint which can sometimes be quite narrow but thinking of the bigger picture of things and you know putting those thoughts out there So that's my background so tell us a little bit about yours bro where did you grow up what was life like growing up for you man
1: uh, I mainly grew up in uh, in in southwest London. Um, mm-hmm. I was born in Tooting. Generally, I lived on several different housing estates, and now I live in a in an ex ex council house, It's one mm-hmm. of the places that no one's ever heard of. So it's like, yeah, you live in, in London. What Mitcham? Where's that? <laughs> uh, so um, I lived in yeah. southwest London for three years. So I do. Yeah, live. yeah. Where, where did you live? I lived in Clapham. Oh yeah, I know Clapham really well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Clapham's cool, man. Why was you there? Sorry, why was you? There? Oh right. Um.
0: So I used to actually be, after I graduated from university, I did my music full-time for one year, but after that I actually worked as a management consultant, um, a company based in London, and I was working with clients all over the place, but I was based in London for the three years that I was doing that. So that was from 2008 to 2011, and then in 2011 I went crazy and decided to become a full-time musician. (laughs) <laughs> I say I went crazy not really but um I took I took that big leap of faith and was like you know what this is this is all right this is cool this is secure this is like normal I could be successful in this route but mm-hmm. knowing my own personality just how I am as a person I'm very creative um very entrepreneurial and always have been the idea of working for a big corporation for several decades just didn't vibe with me you know I don't think that's my purpose on this earth is probably the best way to put it I just felt like yes I can do this but I don't want to and I don't think I have to I don't want to ever get stuck in a situation where it's like I'm being forced to do something or that I feel like I have to do this thing but I know in my heart of hearts that I'm not really into it and there's something else I'd rather be doing yeah no sick man so you totally freelance. Yeah, I'm completely independent. I'm not with any record label, never have been. I don't even have a manager. I don't have an agent. Everything I've done over the past years, everything I've accomplished, has been off my own back and the support of the people who support me. That's it.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. That that, that freelance life. You know I mean, that freelance. Yeah. <laughs> You've to, everything's yeah. a hustle. You got to set every like. I don't know about you, but you, a lot you start off by like, getting scared. You got to set every gig, and then you're like I got too many gigs. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one, man.
0: And you've always just got to stay creative as you said with music. I mean, since I've been making music, the amount that not even the industry. I don't I don't consider myself part of the music industry. With me, it's always been about staying creative and just trying to stay ahead of the game and trying to work out ways both as an artist and as a business person technically how to Stay afloat as stuff keeps changing. You know, as people go from buying CDs to downloading more, they go from downloading more to streaming more. And each time the way that the monetization happens keeps on, it keeps on changing. It keeps on, you know, every year it's different. Every single year it's different. Something that worked in 2016, in 2019, may no longer be an effective strategy. So you really have to stay ahead and Keep seeking out opportunities where other people may see challenges, trying to solve problems, trying to find holes that you can plug in, basically looking for new ways to do things. So yeah, it's really, it's really a challenge, but that challenge is also what makes it exciting because you can just go out there and create your own thing and no one, no one needs to give you permission. No one needs to tell you, you can do it. It's just like, you know, if you want to start a YouTube channel tomorrow, you can do it. You want to start a podcast tomorrow? You can do it you want to start a business, you want to start an e-commerce website, whatever it is, it's like you can do it. So it's yeah. the scale of the opportunity is quite scary. But if you kind of flip that, it's also very exciting.
1: How do you feel like you can be more experimental on, on as an independent artist or as part of the industry? The reason why I ask that is because if you sign a good deal, you can kind of go as far as you want and you're still getting paid. Mm-hmm. In many ways, like, do you know, as an entrepreneur outside of music, you have to find something that suits the market. That you know, what I mean, that's that actually going to make money. Yeah. Whereas in music, as an independent artist, the kind of, the, the, I think uh, for me the consensus is that if you're independent, you're being more experimental. You're doing more of what you want. Mm-hmm. And if you do that we, when you go to market, you're actually you're, you're going to have something that's so different that might not be able to sell. Do you know what I mean? It's very different.
0: Yeah, where, it is different. It is different. But um, at the end of the day. I am an artist and I'm a musician primarily to a be creative on my own terms and get out the music, the message, whatever it is that I genuinely want to and that's authentic to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and two to provide something that I think is valuable to other people. So as far as I'm concerned, like if my goal was to make money, I would not be a musician like this is something people don't get like I would not be. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like there are people who don't know my story, you know, because since I started, I've always been pushing and promoting myself and having my own merchandise brand and doing lots of the things out there in the visible public, traveling to all these different cities and meeting people. There are people or haters or critics or whatever who were like, oh, this guy, he's doing this for the money or something. And it literally cracks me up because I'm like, do you understand that I am earning (laughs) like uh, literally like I took a massive pay hit to yeah, yeah. go into my music full time like this was not like I was I was on a nice clear corporate path to just yeah, making yeah. a bunch of money and I was like you know what this is cool for a lot of people This just doesn't fit me this isn't what I'm trying to do this is not on my own terms I can't yeah, really yeah. I don't completely feel like I can be my authentic self here all the time to a lot of people it seemed like a big risk but with me you know I mean fortunately I am I am very educated I am very qualified and I was in my early 20s and I was like, you know what, even if I did this for like 20 years <laughs> and no. after after 20 years, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of music. I'm tired yeah. of doing this. Uh, let me do something a little more normal. It's like I can still do that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, OK, yeah, yeah. so in terms of like a risk factor to me personally, the risk was like staying there and just thinking, what if, what if, what if, you know? And I was like, you know what, let me let me not have any what ifs on my deathbed let me try this thing and you know give it the best shot that I can I'll have some level of success how far it'll go I don't know seven years now I'm still going
1: yeah, you know, I'm still yeah. I'm still
0: doing something so that's certainly a level of success that most I mean to be frank most musicians don't get to being able to do their yeah. music and what they're passionate about full time so even to me that's like that's a level of success it's not as far as I want to go but it's like the- you know the, the the path and the mindset are In the right place, so I'm going to keep pushing in different ways, different avenues, and we'll see where it all goes. I've always just done my thing, you know. If um, certain people want to support me, I'm open to that. It's not like I'm telling people to no, I don't want your help. I don't want your help. It's just like, dude, if someone wants to help me, I'm happy (laughs) to have it. It's just more the idea of I'm not sitting around waiting for us. I'm not waiting. No, I'm not. I'm not waiting for somebody. I'm not going to fundamentally change my style of my entire style of music or the topic that the topics that i rap about or whatever to make it more in line with what certain people may think is hot or what is selling or whatever which is going to change every year anyway you know what i mean so if a certain style of music starts popping i'm not just gonna jump on the wave and start making music that doesn't you know i mean When grime started getting popular again, I mean, you had people like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should jump on the grime wave. You should jump on. And I'm like, do you know how that just would not? (laughs) Yeah. It it just I'm just like, I'm not I'm not a Uh grime artist. You know, I mean, I'm not a grime artist. I'm not I'm not from London. I don't have that accent. I don't have that flow. I'm not Uh going to start trying to rap like Wiley or Dizzy or whatever in my my weird hybrid accent just because someone thinks it'll be popular or when certain types of like house music were a bit more popular, people like, "Ah, you should should make a house track with like a female singer on the hook and this. And I'm like, I don't even like that kind of music. I'm like, I'm not going to start making music that I don't even myself listen to just because someone somewhere thinks it might sell. And in the long term, I don't think it actually, I don't think it works. I mean, you did see that phase where a lot of grime artists did start making far more poppy sort of tracks. At Wiley. Yeah, Wiley, Skepta... You know, loads of them did it, but it was actually when they returned to what they really do and, you know, their authentic selves that they blew up on a whole nother level, even internationally. And yeah. rather than chasing trends, sometimes you have to wait for the trend to come to you or just say, um, you know what, forget the trend. I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to find my audience and just try to grow that. And that's always been my focus.
1: I think you're right. Like, you need to wait for it to come to you. A hundred percent. I've seen it happen myself. With like um the beatbox academy and stuff, I'm actually a qualified teacher, so I don't need to be just doing music and performance. I could just be teaching, and or and I've got my masters at Goldsmiths uh, in performance. Okay, but like so a lot a lot of people are bit like you know how come you don't do you know, more education or straight theatre or everything's got to be hip hop based or beatbox based? But I'm like that's what that's what I do. I might have got those grades in that, but I'm just gonna do what I'm doing. Yeah. Over here. And I like it. I mean, like you're saying, like I really enjoy it. Whatever comes comes. I mean, but I'm not going to worry. it. I'm not even worrying about what's coming because things will come. And I've been doing the same thing for 10 years. Over actually over 10. I started making like hip hop theater way over 10 years ago, 13, 14 years ago. Now you know we're getting like five star reviews in the in the stage and the Observer, in the Guardian, selling like 450 tickets a night. For us, well, for one of the shows, and I got another show. And it's like now I feel like people are more open to. Mm-hmm. To hip-hop to rap to gram, it's so traditional even now it's like you know some people are going to be turning their nose up but i'm like mm-hmm. you just gotta wait around if you believe in it you just gotta do it if you believe in it do it anyway but eventually who knows what will happen? i mean you just gotta wait for that to come to you and yeah. now like as i say like i could be as busy as, as what i want is really like i need to kind of manage my time otherwise i will be doing like too many projects <laughs>
0: that's a good place to be in man and congratulations for that success because it's not it's not easy you know no. people especially in this day and time of everything online speed 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 people people have short attention spans and then that goes for both people who are on the receiving end but people on the creating end too you know you get people who are you you get people who have been rapping for 2 months and they're messaging me they haven't recorded a track yet and they're messaging me like, yeah, let's, let's do a collaboration. Or how do I blow up? Or yeah, do you have any industry links or whatever? And I'm like, "Uh, send me a track you've made. And they're like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't written anything yet. And I'm, I'm just like, bro. (laughs) I mean, I, I can, I understand like the hunger, but it's just like, people are trying to skip the first, they're trying to skip the first like 500 steps and just go Wait, to
1: stuff right to the, and they want and they want to they want to be you straight away and even yeah. if I told them out to be they couldn't do it they didn't put the work in
0: this is a big problem in society you know I think is that people see the end goal this goes across the spectrum people see the end goal without seeing the work it took to yeah. get to that end goal so people will look at someone who's successful in any regard and they'll just see where they currently are but the the grind was invisible. Someone will look at Ed Sheeran, okay, and they're like, "Ah, oh, look at these shows he's doing. Look at these records he's selling." Yeah, I want to be. I want to be there in six months. They didn't see the seven, eight, nine years of busking, sleeping on people's sofas, putting out independent releases, selling CDs out of backpack, just grinding like whatever it is, going through all sorts of crap, all sorts of rejection, all sorts of you know, needing all sorts of strength and perseverance to even get close to that level. And everybody wants to shortcut that crap. And I don't, I don't blame them for wanting to shortcut it, but, um, you know, if you want to, I think sometimes you can't, no, you, no, you can't. And there's no substitute for experience. You can learn from other people's experience. You can see mistakes other people make and go like, okay, I'm not going to make that same mistake. You can have people guide you. If you've never done a gig before, you can't get good at performing without practicing, performing your first gig. You're not going to be amazing. Like uh-huh. you, 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 by definition, you cannot. you can't go to the gym. And the first time you go to the gym, you, you bench press, you bench press 300 pounds
1: on yeah, your first unless cool. you're
0: literally a freak of nature. Who's just like, you <laughs> know what I mean? Right. Right. You're not going to go to the gym the first time you've been, and you're going to like deadlift as much as me. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen. You're not going to. You're not going to leapfrog someone who's been training for 10 years in uh, anything.
1: I feel you, then, man. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. There's the first time I ever went to the gym when I was 14, I actually did bench press the whole stack um, <laughs> did, did on, a on a machine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I listed up quite heavily. And someone said, oh, do another one. And they added more. And then I did. I never been to the gym before. Okay. So I was like, you know, a teenager, if you're like 14, never been to the gym, you're kind of fat. No, like, but maybe I had some, maybe I had some muscle definitions and I'd done, done the whole stack. And my, my chest started getting hardier. Occasionally I go to the gym and people were like, oh, go on, do it again, do it again. I'd be it. But I ended up, I went to the hospital and actually had a condition where I produced way too much testosterone. Oh, that's interesting. But, but I hadn't realized. And I remember even at school, girls would be like, oh, lift your shirt up, lift your shirt up. You got, bet you got a six pack, which I didn't have <laughs> because my chest was so big. Okay. It was so built that they were like, go on, go on, oh, lift your top up. And, they'd be like, and I remember thinking, quite naive. Why do you say that? It's, embarrassing. <laughs> it's, it's
0: It doesn't sound like a terrible problem, to be fair. Like too a bit too much testosterone.
1: Oh no! Like, but at the time, I just didn't understand it. I mean, I had to go to the hospital in the end, and they had to cut out, um cut out some flesh because it was producing too much tissue. Really, that's it's interesting. Rock hard. My chest was rock hard. i was only years later when I learned more about bodybuilding, I realised that actually I should have been banging out the weights then. Yeah. <laughs> like, crazy. It's like a natural it's like, steroid what the hell i was someone who produces too much testosterone what was i doing (laughs) like i didn't even know
0: (laughs) that's that's certainly a rare problem these days it seems to be the uh the opposite is the bigger problem oh mate for real for real (laughs) no it it actually is i mean they've done studies i mean every every decade every decade the levels of testosterone amongst western males is is plummeting it sounds like a joke because you can make a lot of jokes on it but it's actually like a legitimate medical
1: concern Yeah, I wonder what it is. Like, I heard that it's probably the plastic in the water. That's the only thing that I heard because plastic's got hormones in. Yeah, I think I think that's
0: a factor. I think also just diets, people's Mm -hmm. lifestyles, people being sedentary. Just you're sitting around eating McDonald's all day. Like, your body's not gonna be producing as much testosterone as it it should be.
1: I just did a McDonald's ad. Shout out to McDonald's. Shout out to McDonald's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I think there are there are a lot of factors. You know, lifestyle, diet. Probably some chemicals in the food and the packaging and all that stuff. Mm, mm, mm. And then, um, yeah, I think all those things compounded. I think we're basically just sending out, yeah, we're basically sending out signals to our bodies saying, okay, like we don't need as much of this stuff, you know people are just
1: yeah, that is true. Yeah,
0: if you're sitting around in a cubicle, is true, eating fast food all day and not doing
1: any sort of training, then what does your body so. need testosterone for? We should be um. We should be giving gifts. I mean, the doctors (laughs) give us what we need. I mean, you know Harley Street, all that all the private clinics. Yeah. For a regular guy, twenty five, they prescribe them, Mm. TRT. Yeah, Um, I know. So you see these guys in their business suits looking jacked. Yeah, baby. They're doing a muscle and fitness workout, some business half an hour workout, and you're thinking, how come he's so jacked and lean? It's because they just call it anti-aging. They call it they, they all these euphemisms. Yeah. And I actually give them. It's a, it's a steroids. So, but that yeah, same yeah. guy might be like, "I'm totally anti-steroids." But it's like you're getting it, man. So I think we should all get. it. You know what I mean? That's the, yeah.
0: the, that's the, <laughs> the devil. Who knows in the future, man? Who knows where this uh, where this weird world is is taking us in all the, these regards? You read
1: Brave New World.
0: I read it when I was a kid. I read mm-hmm. Brave New World when I was like thirteen or so. That book, That book is sick. Yeah, I need to actually read it again. I read Nineteen Eighty Four again last year. M-
1: we're making a piece based on Nineteen Eighty Four at the moment. Oh, really? For a theatre? Yeah. If yeah. uh, yeah, in theatre, yes, yeah, so it's kind of like beatbox rap. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, researching, developing it with with Mountain View students. So we're just trying out ideas, trying different things, and like using Nineteen Eighty Four as a stimulus to think okay. what are the, what are the comparisons now. And there's uh, a lot. Of there's right? a lot. There's a lot of them. Have you read The Time Machine by H.G. Uh, Wells? I have not no. I haven't read any HG Wells actually. Right, the time machine, right? You can tell that that all that was influenced by H. G Wells. And you can tell that he kind of bit that he not bit, but like he 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 loved that that story and kind of that's how he came out in 1984. Mm-hmm. So you can see the lineage for those books. But what I find interesting is these guys were actually scientists. H. G. Wells knew a lot about science. That's why it's called science fiction. Mm-hmm. And he wrote in in a time machine, he writes in the future everyone's gonna be no gender. No one's going to be having sex. Men are no longer men. But one of the things he writes, everyone's going to be vegetarian. That's going to be (laughs) pushed. And I'm like, they saw the fascism in pushing. (laughs) But what's really sad is you get people looking at 1984 and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're living in that world now, but they don't get, they get the wrong messages. I'm like, shit that you believe in is actually opposite to what these books are saying. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to be, you know, yeah, yeah, vegan, vegan. Yeah. Yeah, why whilst they're dancing in the meat, they'll they'll sell you, they'll sell you to be a vegan whilst eating meat themselves, while munching on meat. That's mm. what the Romans did. When they see ninety four the film, they're confused because they're like, Oh, why are they saying in the future it's a bad thing that no one's eating meat? I'm like, Because it is a bad thing. It's an absolutely bad thing. Because for over a hundred years, future writers, people that have written about the future have said that totalitarianism is gonna to push on us to be vegetarians and vegans. Mm. That's gonna be pushing. If these people have been saying it for years and years and years, but you think, I just come out come out of my own mind. And like, I'm so like, you know, I'm so against the curve. The people are thinking they're like really rock and roll and subversive are saying the most bait, obvious things. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah. And oftentimes not living anything remotely close to those ideals that they're trying to not push on everybody else, not in the slightest.
1: Not I'm a vegan, but I drive a car. I'm a vegan, but I go on mini holidays and go on planes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. None of it stands up.
0: Or you've got twenty pets who are yeah. essentially imprisoned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I'm not against, but, but no. if, if you want to go, if you want to go there, let's go there. Like, yeah. but these people want to, they want their dog to have voting rights. Eventually, you know I mean, give them the rights to vote. Yeah, I saw something about um, someone who's
0: uh, renting a, uh, renting an entire flat for their two cats. They're paying like fifteen hundred dollars a month or something. Just the cats I mean, live in this apartment. And I was just like, wow. You know, there's people who give their dogs and cats bottled water. I was like, it's for real. Your your dog doesn't even drink tap water.
1: I mean,
0: that's wow. <laughs> they've, lost, they've gone. Yeah, The Western world is a is a very funny place right now in, in many, many ways. Um, going back a little bit, man. So you talked about where you grew up. But what was growing up there like for you? How was your experience? And even more importantly, how do you think it is? Shaped what you've gone on to do?
1: So we, we, I grew up on an estate. Like at times, we didn't have any. I remember one time we didn't have any, have any furniture from where I lived, like no beds. It was just a beanbag and quite a dysfunctional family in many ways. That like my dad is an alcoholic and like mad abusive, beat on my mum, uh, beat me and my brother. um We've we talked now, we didn't talk for many years, but he, he was in and out of jail as well. I feel like if you go through something quite harsh like that, it kind of mm-hmm. gives you something that you don't want to be. So, like, I don't drink. Okay, uh, yeah. Occasionally, I might drink, like, on tour, a show, or whatever, to celebrate, but I don't I don't drink alcohol um, because my dad's an alcoholic and I, he's addicted and I don't take drugs uh, because I, I can sense that there's a massive addiction problem in my family. Yeah. To me, that helped me because some people say, oh, they use an excuse. Well, they did it, they did it. And, and I've I experienced lots of different kinds of abuse. To me, I use that as to say not to do it. Whereas mm-hmm. other than use an excuse of why well, I'm going to do it. It's interesting.
0: I, that can go both ways. Can't it? <laughs> oh, you yeah. often hear it like, okay, this happened to me as a result of it. I'm this person and I'm going to go and do these same things. And people don't want to take that personal responsibility of going, okay, you know what, regardless of my situation and the past, which I don't have control of, mm-hmm. I'm going to, take a different path I'm going to do something different and it looks like it can kind of manifest either way so yeah. some of the people I know who are the most anti-alcohol anti-drug it's because someone in their family was addicted to one or both of those things so as a result they've come out like nah like hardline, yeah no, like you know just 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 no that's you know like they want to go into a complete different path and I think that's that's wonderful but then, yeah, you've also got people who are kind of like, oh, well, it's not my fault. I was raised in a bad place. Yeah, yeah, and you just succumb to it. Exactly. And that goes for a lot of things, you know, that goes for all sorts of crimes and just mm-hmm. general harmful activities. And it's always such a difficult conversation to have with some people because, you know, people don't necessarily want to be honest. Like, it's hard for me because so myself, like I grew up, I can't complain about my childhood whatsoever. You know, I grew up in a very stable family, which still is. Both parents, no, you know, massive money troubles or abuse. No the opposite of that, right? So That's oftentimes, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful, right? She so was celebrate? oftentimes, break? yeah, I do. Oh dude, I do every day. I'm I, I thank God for it every single day. Like I'm super blessed in that regard. So I can't necessarily just like just like someone else can't put themselves in my experience and my past or whatever i also can't do the same with someone else but you can empathize mm-hmm, and yeah. i think there's that level of having empathy or having sympathy but then it can go too far to what i feel is almost like enablement or making excuses for people okay i agree so, with so exactly so this is something i face criticism for occasionally because i'll be like okay i understand that someone could have grown up in a bad place, gone through these bad experiences, and whatever. And that might explain why they act or think in a certain way to some degree. However, once you're a once you're an adult, Mm -hmm. like once you're an adult, as far as I'm concerned, where you're going to go, what you're going to do in the future, those decisions you make, like, that's on you, you can't, you can't be 40 years old, you can't be 40 years old, and saying, Oh, but when I was 10, this thing this bad thing happened it's like you know at some point if you want to be successful in anything you've got to be like okay you know know what this happened (laughs) but i'm not going to let the past completely determine no i'm not going to let it completely ruin myself blame it for everything and people don't like to hear that people want people want you to just go oh well that happened so let's just you know we it's not it's not their fault you know this person stabbed someone but it's not his fault. His dad wasn't around, and it's like there's a kernel of slight truth in that. As in, you can understand how someone can go down a bad pathway if they don't have certain role models or certain figures in their life. Like it's understandable, but it's not. It's not a valid excuse.
1: No, you know not. what I mean. And it's it's, it's not like... like okay, that's why it may happen but you're hmm. still a dickhead. You're still, yeah. still, 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 <laughs> like, sorry, you're still wronging. Yeah, you're still yeah, yeah. wronging.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it it just doesn't it holds like a little bit of water for me, but not so much because I'm I'm huge on personal responsibility. And even though I didn't grow up in that, say, that that young person's situation, I would certainly like to think that if I did, I still wouldn't you know think it's cool to go around shanking people. (laughs) You see what I mean? And most people and most people who grow up in that situation do not do that so no. it's not really that's like the uh,
1: most people grow up <laughs> in a situation don't do that i feel like the people the, the the criminals get more celebrated than the people that don't do that it's very bizarre and, isn't it And to grow up in an environment like i've got like you know i've been stabbed in my arm and my, my teeth are fake right i've got some nice fake teeth because i was punched and i was robbed my, my teeth were punched up that's a very harsh thing to happen yes um but like it would have been easy for me to just be one of the oh, the other the road people, mm-hmm. hang around with them, do them things. But instead, I had to take them beatings to not to be one of them because I yeah. was the outsider. And you know, to them, I was gay, or I was you know completely opposite to what they were. Oh yeah, you're too. You're, I'm I'm soft. That would mm-hmm. have been very 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 easy. But people don't celebrate the, the fact that if you live on an estate or you live somewhere with all these things going on, the the, the majority who aren't doing that are kind of like a. You're subject to the, to the minority that because they got the strength. They're going to swear at you. They're going to throw things at your yard. You live underneath that. very sexy for everyone to only talk about all the bad people and say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, how hard did it? It's like, Yo, we had it hard as well, but we were bullied by them. But all you yeah. do is celebrate them. So actually, you you celebrate in, in the hierarchy of the estate, you're celebrating the people at the top. You don't care about the people at the bottom. Mm-hmm. But when you celebrate, because they're from that background, it seems like you're celebrating people that need it. I look, they're the underclass. But actually... If you want to look at the that whole demographic, you only celebrate the top. I, you explain it all away. And I, I went to Brazil um, with the British Council to do some uh, music research. Okay. But when I was there, I went to the favelas. And one thing I noticed is that even in Brazil, in, in, in the culture, people over here and people over there, they only talk about the gunmen. So they say, oh, yeah, they talk about how the police kill the gunmen, how it makes it hard for them to make money, how the gunmen... But no one talks about the people that, whilst I was in the favelas, the truth is the people that don't actually have guns and do drugs, they have it a lot harder because they have the police firing into the favela Mm -hmm. and they also have the gunmen firing in the favela and they are bullying everyone around. So they're stuck in the middle. But no one really ever, like the mainstream media, in my opinion, or people, they they only talk about all the bad people, but they don't talk about the people that make the choice not to do that. And I went to like one of the drama schools that operate there as part of the favela, all the people in there weren't gunmen. All the people, you know, they, these people were, like, definitely outsiders, if you want to look at the whole drunk, drug thing, all that. They would have had pressure. There would have been a lot of pressure to do that or to operate and want to do drama, want to be an artist in that environment. It's not It's not that I want to be celebrated. I don't. But it's like I feel like people make excuses and explain away all of the bad people. Do you know what I'm saying to on tell on, on the estates where I lived, those gunmen. There were people that were knife robbing everyone. Their parents bought them night like, trainers. They're the kids that had they had a lot more than than everyone else. And I that's feel like I like I remember getting robbed by people looking at them and thinking, "Yo, like your mum always gave you everything." we might, we might come from the same estate. We might come from the same sort of background. But how come you were the sport kid? They were never the poorest kid. If, if anything, they were the sport ones. And I feel like that's what people would seem to. If you're not from the environment, you don't really get it, that. They never they're never the poorest ones who had nothing.
0: I think that's yeah. quite counterintuitive for most people who didn't grow up in a situation like that. I think that's the opposite of what they would expect,
1: because it hurts their narrative. It, it hurts does their very clean cut narrative, and it's like, nah, these were the sport kids. It's what's so infuriating after you've been beaten up and jacked. You're like, you got you're the rich to me. They were the rich kids. Yeah, 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 kids, they're jacking for it. You, you, you're a little sport kid, but your mom, your mom gave you everything. You've had everything, mm. and yet you're the one that always talks about. How you've had it's the hardest. How you've how you've been oppressed. All these other things, and you want to beat me all the time. It's like, yo, we had a lot less than you, and loads of other people that you're jacking had a lot less. But it helps your narrative. And then you've got everyone else supporting you by saying, oh yeah, look how hard he had it. This guy was jacking and robbing everyone, and you're celebrating mm. them. These guys often go on to shoot someone, and you say, oh, look how hard he had it. By the time you shot someone, how many victims have you got? Seriously, like how many how many victims have you got? Loads, loads. Yeah. You don't you don't get caught. By your biggest crime. By the time you've done that, you've done loads of things. I know that myself because growing up, I did get involved in some bad things. But what not so it was never so so bad. And I always think to myself, it's insane because the amount of things everyone does and they're not caught. People will be shocked if you've never done any crimes before. you mm-hmm. be complete, people will be stunned because it'd be like. So I know. For by the time people get caught, the amount of shit they've done will be horrifying to most people. That's re- that's a really interesting perspective, man.
0: That's a really interesting perspective and. It's quite rare and unique to hear that. You know, you talked a lot about the narrative, and you know, when you look at the media narratives on, let's say, both sides of the political bias fence, well, I see big problems with both sides, because, like you said, on one side, you've got like the constant. It, it to me, it seems like constant excuse making. To put it simply, right? You're Ooh. you're not you're not assigning proper responsibility to the individuals who are doing this stuff. You're trying to find every which way in your brain to excuse them or to justify awful behavior uh, down to killing another human being. And you're saying, oh, well, it's not really their fault because this happened or you know that happened or they grew up here or they grew up. And I'm like, I have a really low tolerance for that. And yeah, again, yeah. You know, people criticize me because they're like, oh, well, you didn't grow up in it, so you can't relate, you can't relate. And I'm like, I don't need to grow up. In a situ, in any situation, to know that no matter what situation you grow up in, oh. you you don't ki- you don't kill somebody, like yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean. Like I'm like I don't I do not buy. I'm not. I'm just like I'm not buying that story. I can buy that you're <laughs> more likely to go down a path that may lead to it, but I'm yeah. not going to accept that. Oh, it's not your fault because it's an awful argument. Then you've got kind of got the the narrative on the other side, which is trying to cast the net too wide, which is trying to say that oh everyone who is from this or everyone who looks like this or all men or all black people or all black men or all whatever whatever the group it is right whatever the group is like you've got people trying to trying to push out this narrative that all men if not criminals potential criminals like in the making or something and you're just like no you know you're just like no like that's that's an awful that's an awful narrative it's not just factually incorrect but it's also divisive and harmful and it means that it's very dangerous and it means you can't get to the core of the issue right i think people have this idea that if someone doesn't think exactly like them that they don't care about the issue or that they want bad things to happen to people or whatever and it's like that's that's nonsense people just have different perspectives and you need and you need these different perspectives you do need people who are from that you know who are from that environment directly. And maybe have grown up that way and taken different paths you do need people who didn't necessarily grow up in a circumstance but have an outside perspective of like hey like sometimes it's better to have an outsider to just be like yo what you guys are doing here this doesn't make sense right because someone can just get so caught up in something that sometimes you just need a fresh outside voice just be like yo like this is not the whole world, right? You yeah, this yeah. is not this is not, you know, whatever people are fighting over, your postcode, your estate, or what whatever it might be. Yeah, in it, this isn't just in the UK, this is everywhere. Okay, like whatever big thing you think that this is not this is not actually a big thing in the grand scheme of the world. Like yeah. this is a very this is a very small thing and it's petty and it's stupid because A B C X Y Z. And sometimes you need an outsider to put that out there without just chastising them and saying, Oh, you don't get me, you don't get me, you don't and it's like, That's not a useful thing. You need to listen to people. Someone's coming from a good place. You know, you've got to accept it. You've got to accept the criticisms and you've got to move on. And I think that's how things need to move forward. There are so many problems in society, both in the USA, in the UK, in Europe, all over, where I think one of the biggest reasons why problems are not being solved is because people are getting too touchy and too dishonest about about these issues people don't want to talk about them right if someone says a certain fact someone wants to call them a bigot a racist Mm -hmm. uh whatever because they stated a fact like a like a fact that you can verify someone says something and people just want to get their emotions caught up rather than thinking huh that's not a good stat what can we do on both sides here to make this better instead people just want to fight back and forth fight 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 shout at each other And it's like, okay, well, okay, like kids are gonna keep stabbing each other. Kids are gonna keep kids are gonna keep shooting each other. If we don't wanna talk about why it's happening, if you don't wanna talk about fatherless homes, you don't wanna talk about you don't wanna talk about poverty. You don't wanna talk about certain things and
1: you're like, well, how is it gonna get fixed? People will big up that. They'll say like, oh, you know, it's fine to have fatherless homes. It's great. It's like it's just as great. It's like, no, it can be great. No, we have to accept it and not, you know, maybe not let those people feel bad. But it's not the best case scenario, is it? It's not no. the best case scenario. The no. best case scenario is mum and dad being there. That's the best case scenario. Well, and why yeah. should that be controversial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand what... Like, that's been history forever. So why yeah. now is it controversial to say it? It yeah. doesn't make I, any sense to me. And the thing is, I'm saying it from the point of view of my mum left my dad, then I had a stepdad. Then, yeah. like, really have a... I, I never never really a central... Didn't get along with my stepdad. Never had sure. a central figure, yeah? So I'm like, I never had that. So I can just say... But I still can see... It's a positive thing. It's obviously a good thing. It's a great thing. Of course. I mean, every single person
0: I know who grew up with either an absent father, either because they, they died early or their parents split up or they got wired on drugs, whatever the case may be. The one thing they all have in common is they all will happily say and admit, you know what, had my father been in my life, Things would have been better. It doesn't mean that your mom did a bad job. It doesn't mean that you're, uh, you're, you're messed up and you have no fear. It doesn't mean any of that, right? People try to lead, people try to read like all this, all this bad motive into, into what someone's actually saying. And it's like, no, I'm not saying any of these things. I'm saying you can look at the data, whether anecdotal or like actual hard data. And it's so hard to have these conversations, honestly and that's a it's a and it's a key part of the problem right people are like oh man why is there why is there rising knife crime why is there rising gun crime in certain parts of america why is there why are people doing this why are people doing that and it's this issue is a constant running it's a constant running thread and it links to poverty so if people want to talk about poverty people are way more likely to be in poverty if you've only got one yeah. parent working who's then trying like it's not it's not complicated. If you've got two no. people, you've got two people working on one job. Yeah, it's going to be easier than having one person working on one job. If I'm trying to build a house, yeah, and yeah, it's, it's I'm trying it's, to do it
1: by myself. What's crazy yeah. is we've known this for our history, yeah. and now we don't know. It. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Now all of a sudden we don't know. It. We're like we're confused about this fact. Apparently, it's debatable whether we need two parents or not. Even for you know, even if dad's got to go away and work and send money home, that's still parents just providing. That's still like I feel like the people that celebrate uh, like single parent families as like you know the best case scenario, how amazing that is. Mm-hmm. Are the same people you know, or the you know you don't need no dad, you don't need mom and dad. Uh, they're, they're the same people who will be trying to stick up like defend crime from the yep. kid that has no parents. It's like you put you say how great it is to be no dad, mm-hmm. and then you say how None of none none of your stuff stands up. You know what I mean? It it really doesn't. Like, dad shouldn't be around, but it's bad. But you, apparently, you're fighting against poverty, Mm -hmm. and and then you want to explain away why why there's crime. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do anything about it. They always contradict themselves.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's the hypocrisy and the contradiction that that bugs me. I think I think a lot of it is denial. I don't think that anybody, in their heart of hearts, anyone with a brain, there's no way that you can think it's generally better for (laughs) someone to just be raised by their mom versus being
1: raised by their mother and their father like i don't think there's anyone yeah yeah. well i've met some people man really but in this project it's full of women and honestly they were all like like one of the women was saying like about how wouldn't it be great wouldn't it be great when women don't have need men to have children oh gosh she was joking Mm. and then all the other women were like agreeing like yeah yeah it's gonna be so great like and it's like, whoa, you look bad actually believing in this. But they were seeing it as a great idea. One day, like, we won't even need to have men. It's like, it'll be so good. It'll be so good. I'm thinking, so good. This is terrifying. When that <laughs> happens, yeah, the world's going to explode. Hopefully, they will. Hopefully, the world will explode. Yeah. I think that you should, that should not be, that should not be allowed. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is and, insane. And the thing is, what's, what's in, the Western world is how well I live, right? And that's the best place to be. But the thing is, that's not the most, that's not the majority of the world. And the majority of the world think you're nuts. These ideas are nuts, yeah? And and the fact is, their civilization has been going a lot longer than ours. If you want, you're going to blow it up. You're going to blow up this beautiful thing that we have. You're going to ruin it with all these stupid ideas. Like, some of them are good. Yeah, let's But some of them are bad. Some of them are very bad. What if men, we didn't need men to have babies. They don't have a baby then don't have one <laughs> don't have one like they allowed to be consequences of your action that's allowed yeah. like i've got a tattoo on my face and i can't get a job well oh, gosh maybe you shouldn't have got a tattoo on your face well you got the tattoo because you wanted to intimidate everyone now that's not working you want to get a job well you know what you got consequences of what you did or you want it to be too cool well that's it now you 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 not like you deserve to get judged we all deserve there's going to be consequences but to say there's no cons, let's, everyone should be able to do everything they want at all times. That's madness. That's, that's, that's insane. And that's, I feel like sometimes that's what people want to push. Everyone should get their say. What if it, everyone should get their say. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to be able to, but you,
1: you have, have to be, to be able a, to speak out against yeah. it. Oh, you're a bigot. Are oh, you're this and that. No, I ain't. No, I ain't. It's funny. The people calling me a bigot, right? And a racist. My dad's Indian, grew up in a third in a world country, right? Third <laughs> world country, but yeah. I'm a racist and a bigot, yeah. And I grew up in a housing estate, lives in what, four or five of them? But the people that will tell me I want to educate me, oh, you're going to be educated by my rubbish, yeah? yeah. These people don't even aren't even from the same background, and they want to tell me how it is. And I'm, it's like, so if I take in your narrative, then I'm smart. Then if I believe in what you're saying, if you go too far wrong way, people think you're insane, or they think, oh yeah, you're not on, you're not on point, you're not on
0: message. The fact you said on message is very much, is very much the thing. It's like people are so brainwashed by some of this crap that any deviation from it they actually like when people tell me to educate myself like i'm not trying to be arrogant i'm like i'm an oxford university graduate yeah. right i'm not i'm not some like i've i've got plenty plenty of education let alone all the read all the books i've read all the stuff i do on my own time like people don't consider you know what well one <laughs> maybe i'm more educated than you but two maybe two people can be educated and come to different conclusions and have different perspectives. Have you ever thought of that one? Yeah, you know, so yeah. any certain time someone will disagree with me on something. And it's always, it's funny. It's always those same two words, educate yourself. And that's when I like know I've won the argument because I'm just like, yeah, oh, yeah. here we go. That was predictable. And it's like, I've read, people will sometimes tell me, oh, you need to read such and such book. And it's a book I've read. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll be, I'll be like, yeah, I've read it. And yeah, yeah, this, this is what I think. These are my rebuttals. These are, This is what I got from it. I didn't buy this narrative. I don't buy. There's a lot of
1: narratives I don't buy. And I think I'm better off for not buying them. Is uh, it narrative that you're pushing, helping people? Or is it making them weaker? If it's making people weaker, why would you push it? Why would you want them to? Why would Maybe, maybe you're telling the truth. Maybe you're telling the truth. But mm-hmm. would you want people to listen to your message if, it, if it's hurting people? People could see it as hurting people and saying it's your fault. This is your fault. This is what happened. That's not hurting them. All. That's empowering them to be like, oh, yeah, I actually this is actually my fault. But you are right about educate yourself. It's like, educate myself in what? Like, I'm educated, bro. I'm Like, I'm just not, like, we just have different opinions. But that's part of this new fascism. And these people that are pushing the fascism are the ones that will read 1984 and say, yeah, can you see? It's like, like, you're the one. You're you're the one that's pushing. I don't, this is like real complex here. Because you're the one that's like telling me how to think. You're the one that wants to delete words you're the one that wants to delete history change history let's cancel culture let's cancel that let's mm-hmm. mute that that's not anything that's what they want to do <laughs> they want to Mute things they want to cut ca- instead of leaving it there so we know that's what that was that's what happened that's history yeah they want to control history uh, the same people that want to do that are the same people that will say yeah we're living under 1984 now yeah no you are 1984 you're yeah. the people that want to delete history you want to delete everything you want to get rid of it and hide it like that's what they want to do in '94. Other than saying that's what happened, that's a part of history, and you got to understand the context. Not everything's good, not everything's bad. That's what happened. But apparently, yeah. all men are all men, all men are toxic, and that's, Honestly, the, it's, that's it's, it's... It's the history of of the world. Apparently, is if, if all men, it's the same as us saying if <laughs> all poor people were aggressive, right? We'd all be dead. Yeah, because yeah. There's more poor people than rich, we'd all be gone. Yeah? yeah, dead. If all Muslims were maniacs, we'd all be dead. If all men were psychos. Again, the world would have blown up a long time ago. <laughs> would have been mashing the place up. Would have been yeah. raping. Would have been mashing up. There'd be no inventions. There'd be nothing. There'd be no ideologies. There'd be no ideas. But just mashing. None of it holds up in a very basic way. In a, but they still want to push this crap. It's like, why do people listen to this? We all want the best for each other. We all want to yeah. help each other. But some of the stuff you're saying does not help anyone because I'm not listening now. Oh, we want you to join our march. Men are toxic. We want you to listen to what we're saying. You're evil. You're toxic. What am I going to say? What am I listening now for? I'm not even listening now. Yeah. am well, i on your side. You want allies, but you want to run everything down. And even people in conversation will run down religion, right? So mm-hmm. certain religions they won't run down. They'll stick up for it and say, how amazing. Yeah. When it comes to Christianity, are these nutters believing mad people in the sky? Yeah. Or where? How can you just say that? I mean, how can you just, <laughs> I mean, if I, Like, what if I talked about the rubbish that you believe that in your head you're a fish? What if I said that I find that insane that in your mind you believe you're what you're not? You got parts of your body that aren't there, you believe are there or aren't, shouldn't be there. That's insane to me. That's absolutely insane. But you don't want to listen to anything else. It's only, it has to fit your agenda, yeah. it has to fit everything that you're saying. That's fascism. The totalitarianism
0: is not going to come from the government, it's going to come from the society, enforced by members of the society. On other citizens. I mean, that's literally what is happening. That's actually where the threat is. People are worried about this politician or that politician or this government or that government. I'm like, the threat is the threat is from society and culture, cancel culture, this silencing, this deplatforming, this free speech is hate speech, words or violence. Like literally, I mean, it's it's these are like mantras out of 1984. You know, <laughs> um, freedom is slavery. Um, War is the Peace, truth. like, yeah, like, th- this is, these are mantras that are from some Orwellian sci-fi novel or something like that. Free speech is hate speech. Words are violence. Like, people say these things. What do yeah, you mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, you are possessed. How can you say that? Men are toxic. Men are trash. It's like, I mean, th- that that is a religion, you know, this whole yeah, inter- yeah. intersectionality, weird social justice nonsense. I'm like, this is, this is a religion by any, By any definition, if you were an alien and someone kind of told you what a religion was, and then you came to analyze Earth and to see what the religions are, you would classify this thing as a religion.
1: It is a religion.
0: You've got a lot of people who are like, you know, follow traditional religions who are very moderate, and you might not even necessarily know their views on those things unless you knew them really, really well. And then you've got these people who are just there marching in the street, campaigning, being. I don't know, activists of whatever weird cause shaming people, shutting people down, encouraging, inciting violence against non-believers, right? Calling people heretics, calling people apostates, right? Someone who doesn't want to stay in that religion. Ah, they need to be canceled now. They need to be. I don't want anyone listening to this to think it's like, this is some huge program that the majority (laughs) of people agree, with. it's not at all. I think this is like, these people, these are less than, Less than five percent of the population. They're just very loud and very good. vocal,
1: and they hold power in certain areas. And people listen though, because, mm. okay, like what's good is you talk to people, and a lot of them see it, see it all for what it is. Mm-hmm. And and what's crazy is that's both sides of this. Whether you think of yourself as left wing, right wing, both people on both sides of the spectrum see it as insane. That yeah. gives me a lot of hope
0: because I think there's actually a lot of common ground. Yeah, there a lot. because everybody who is Anywhere in the center of the spectrum of like political views or or just sanity is like can can clearly see this is nuts. You know, people can call this like a conservative viewpoint or whatever, but there are many things that if something has been working for hundreds and hundreds of years or thousands and thousands of years, that doesn't mean that it cannot and should not be challenged. There are times when that can and should happen. However, you also want to think before you just throw it away. You yes. might want to think maybe this thing works and provides value for individuals and societies and countries as a whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like people are so quick to just want to change. Oh, I'm just
1: and they want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. So everything gets whoosh, it's a quick change. So all of a sudden, men and women don't exist. Mm. But there's loads of problems with that. <laughs> all, like, a lot, in, in, in Western culture, all religion is bad yeah throw it out what about all the good things What about the community what about a place to go each like what about the rituals what about things what we've been doing for thousands of years what about morality what about morality what about ethics yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that you we hold dear comes from there law and order comes from church theater music comes from religion this is how it's developed you go into the tribe if you go into a tribe isolated tribe away from everyone they still have rituals Mm -hmm. they still do things together they still break bread together. They still do things at certain times. You throw all that out. You throw away all the community aspect. You the re- the reason for going. So mm-hmm. now people are like why are people so anxious? Why are people just lazy? <laughs> why have people got no moral code? Well, school doesn't teach you moral code. It teaches no. you. To, it teaches you. You know, maybe not to like throw a chair, but it's no moral code. It's like math, English. It's the subjects. You know, I'm a teacher. I've seen the way, and a lot of teachers have got no. You know, no, no reason even to be in a classroom. So if you've got nowhere from moral code, your parents have got no deep moral code, and there's a massive vacuum, and people are ready to accept it because they're ready to accept everything. And it's like, this is insane. This is absolutely insane. This isn't left or right. It's it's, it's dangerous. I, I believe that we should have a, a system that looks after the people at the bottom. I believe that we should do, do the place for state benefits. I believe all those things. But I don't believe in things that go against like what we've been doing for like natural law and like yeah. things where it's going to damage ourselves mentally. If I see someone and they're a man and I say, oh, they're a man, I get fired because, no, can't you <laughs> see that's woman? Well, no, I can't, actually. I can't. You're going to put words into my mouth, into my brain. That is a woman. What, if that's the right to say they're a woman, what's my right to say, to be honest? I won't hurt their feelings, so I'll say, okay, you're a woman. But I can just say to you now, I mean, you're a man. Mm-hmm. I see you as that. Yeah. And that's okay. You can say anything about it. You can say to your friends, I see see comrade as a dickhead. That's your right. I see him as an <laughs> idiot. Yeah. yeah. That's your right. That's actually your right. That's fine. I'm actually fine with it. Yeah. But once we, because once we take away all of that, again, we throw away the baby with the bathwater. All the yeah. other things go, freedom of speech goes, like ideas go, sometimes you've got to be wrong to be right.
0: Of course, to- man. And sometimes you need your, you need your ideas to be challenged. There's a lot of stuff I have no opinion on. The stuff I do have an opinion on, I tend to have quite strong opinions because I've really thought about it. And any opinion I have, I want to know the best arguments against it. So if I believe in God, I want to know the best atheistic argument. I want to know the best argument about why God does not exist for me to even have that belief. It's not that I don't. It's the opposite of me not wanting it challenged. I want it challenged, okay? If I think that X is wrong, I want to know the best argument against my own position. People don't want that. I think it's because with a lot of these ideas, people know Maybe it's in their subconscious, but people know that the ideas do not hold water. So the only way, the only way for them to even survive is for them not to be challenged. I think that's where the deplatforming, depersoning, like very hostile aggression towards anybody who challenges some of these notions, I think that's where it comes from because the arguments are poor. They're poor okay. arguments. Okay. Like a lot of times when people talk about free speech, they worry about, oh, well, what about. What about giving a platform for someone to spew some some racist stuff or some misogynistic stuff or whatever? And I'm like, you know what? Their arguments are quite easily dismantled. Yeah. Okay. And I also know that vast majority of people do not even remotely agree with them. So if yeah. someone wants to come, if someone, if someone goes on, I don't know, if someone were to go on TV and to start spouting some racial supremacy crap, okay? Anyone with a decent level of debate, argument, knowledge can cut them down pretty easily. Like from a moral standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, from a logical standpoint, it's like these, these positions are not, they're not tenable. And you also have, and you also have history to show you where, even if someone did believe in these things, you can see how negatively they impact society and you you have proof you know if you're a somewhat moral person even if you believed in this this nonsense okay you can see that implementing it or whatever would be a terrible idea because someone did actually try it and this is what happened okay yeah. and it's not it's not going to work again so to me the threat of that is far 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 lower than the threat of massive censorship and policing of Different perspectives, or policing of honesty, or even policing of the truth. You've got people who want to literally change what the truth is. So you might have a scientifically proven fact, and someone's like, oh I don't like that fact. Let's change the fact." And it's like, "No, like that's not how it. That's not how it works. Like you, 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 you can't, you can't change the facts. We need to start from this foundation, and then based off it, we can have different perspectives. And I'm, I'm happy to hear your perspective, um, as long as you're happy to hear mine as well. Simple."
1: And once people are arguing that there's no facts, like, you know, why is that a fact? Why is that a fact? Then I have no reason to have a conversation with you again, because no. you're saying that there's no boundaries, nothing should be named, um, nothing is fixed at all in any way. Well, how can we converse? How can we have a conversation? No, because you have no position. You have no reasoning for anything. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't work. I think, you know,
0: cert- everybody has their own moral code. So it's a fact that to some degree, morality is subjective. However, there's a danger with going too far in that, right? You need some level of objective morality. You need some things to be black and white, okay? You need certain things to be black and white. If you're going to have laws, you're going to have a society and a culture that functions, you're going to need everybody to agree on certain objective truths or laws or things that are good or bad, okay? If it becomes deeply subjective, if stealing is right or wrong, Okay, and I can say, well, by my morals, there's nothing wrong with stealing. You know, people start backing that opinion. And then it's like, okay, well, okay, we can all run around robbing each other and no one can be put in prison because it's now immoral to put someone in prison because robbing is not immoral. How far are you going to slip down that slope? Because if you let morality be completely subjective, then you can justify anything.
1: Well, where it's like, no, it just sounds good now, doesn't it? It (laughs) It sounds great now it's it's very
0: strange man but um i'm just looking at the time bro We're, we've been we've been talking about a lot of stuff we've covered a lot of grounds but um yeah, i'm thinking we got to wrap it up soon so what do you have coming up at the moment you got any big projects you're working on or things people can check out
1: yeah yeah so um at the Batsy art center um i've got high rise of state of mind which is starting on the uh on the 18th of march it's maybe for two weeks and it goes in may coming to people's theater we've also got frankenstein with the beatbox academy um That's going to be on from the 11th of March for three weeks, 550 seat venue every night for three weeks. Um, So check out the BAC website. Come and see it. Got some beatboxing, all sorts of different sounds, but rapping, singing. I mean, it's theater and performance, so, you know, put your tickets, bac.org.uk. Awesome, man. Conrad Murray, thank you for being on the podcast, bro. Thanks to me. Cheers, man. Cheers, cheers. Bye-bye.